All right, so we are back with episode eight. Is this going to be our, our final episode for this uh, discussion of Earthbound Beginnings? Uh, I don't know. Depends on how long it takes us to get, get through the rest of the game. So I think where we left off, we had just got into LA um, and we had explored the, I don't know if it's a police station. Well, no, I do know it is a police station with a jail cell. Um, and then I think, you know, hadn't made much more progress in LA aside from that. Um, oh my gosh. It's, it's really disappointing. Cause I was really excited about the, the policeman there who says he'll get really good items from time to time. And sell it to you. <laughs> I don't and know. So, that might be my favorite part of the game. Like just like what happens, it's just, Oh God. But I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, so you know, I don't know about you. When I explored, um, you start running into members of the blah blah gang, right? The BB, yep, the blah blah gang. And I forget. I know that their name was censored. There was something in the Japanese version. It was like the Black Something Gang. Um, oh, I didn't look that up. But so they changed it to blah blah. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it was like the Black Color Gang. Um, and then I don't know about you, but then you, I, I walked to the near to the theater, um, where our friend from the desert was blocking the way, and he demanded two hundred dollars, I think, or some some paltry sum of money to fix a tank. But yeah, he he blames you for ruining the tank, which you know, fair enough. Um, and so you have to pay that. But then you still need to get a ticket to get into the uh, theater. So I guess there's a scalper standing right outside <laughs> who sells it to you for um, at a premium, for sure. I think oh, it's yeah. like $1,200. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a ton of money. I mean, I know we talked about LA being the most expensive area, but still, even, uh, even if you say for three people, $1,200, that's $400 a ticket. That's, that's a lot of money, especially back in the early or late 80s, early 90s. Um, for when this game takes place. Uh, I don't know about you, but I went to the department store, and on one of the floors, you can buy a ticket. Yeah. So did you... No, did... yeah, I, I ended up doing both. Um, just out of ignorance. I bought it from the scalper once, and then I was in the department store later, and I got it, and was a little chagrined. But, you know, like I said, doesn't really matter at this point. We have tons of money. Not much to spend it on. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's... One thing I find interesting is, you know, for the train, you have to buy as many tickets as there are members in your groups. So if you're going to, you know, if it's $15 a ticket, it's 45 for all three of you to go. But for some mm -hmm. reason, the tickets to this, you only just needed one for your entire party to get through. Yeah, that's a little odd. Um, Seems inconsistent. The plane, the plane tickets are the same way, right? Like you get price and then you have to buy one for each person yeah 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 that is weird um so then we go i don't know if that's a thing uh like tickets to shows versus tickets to other things uh, yeah i just you know you mentioned that you bought a ticket at both i'm like oh well maybe you just thought that you needed three tickets and i was like oh you need to get them from three different places um which wouldn't be a terrible fetch quest. But anyway, so you go in there, uh, you start talking to all the random people, um, and then I th what happens? Some, they, 
they say that you can go up on stage? Well, what happened to me the first time is that I I, off, I, I accepted the offer of a drink at oh, a table no. and got hauled out by the police. Uh, <laughs> and this is when they confiscate your weapon and then sell it back to you if you choose. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great example of a civil forfeiture in America. Um, <laughs> Where if you commit a crime, they're they're able to take anything. I'm not sure a boomerang would necessarily be constitute a weapon that could be seized. Um, yeah. I don't think that that's an an illegal thing, and I don't think it had anything to do with the commission of the crime. Which I'm a little fuzzy on how civil forfeiture works, but I don't think you could take a boomerang from someone <laughs> for <laughs> underage drinking. And I'm pretty sure the underage drinker isn't even the one who goes to jail. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's all very strange. It's a weird, like, little interlude. And I guess you can totally avoid it. Um, I think she gets upset or, like, offended if you say no. Uh, but at least you stay out of jail. Um, actually, I, I have to, for whatever reason, that was like the funniest thing that happened in the game. Like, I got a, a, a chuckle out of it, especially when you realize that that cop is just there to sell you back your. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? This got me. Like, I was, I was not expecting that at all. I wasn't expecting my weapon to be confiscated. They only take the, the weapon that's on Nintendo, right? Again, yeah, it's like you're the only one there in some way. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. Actually, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, but yeah, so then you go back and uh, you go up on stage for uh, what seems like forever for the musical performance. Yeah, you dance all around, uh, and it's very. Um, I don't know. It's uh, there's a couple of dance scenes in this part, actually. Yes. And, yeah, uh, and I don't know how they sort of interact. Um, it's interesting that this one is sort of like the last time that your team is unified in this way. Um, because then you have to fight Teddy. He, he comes up on stage. Uh, and he, I, well, yeah, I guess, again, I'm not sure what happens if you make some other choice here. Like you said, you know, you fight all of the BB gang members around town first. And so he comes up on stage and is mad because you've been beating up his, you know, his underlings or whatever. He's the, the, uh, the boss of the gang. Maybe it's possible to come here without fighting any of them. Uh, and then I don't know what he says to you. Um, or if he even appears. Like, maybe he doesn't come until you've fought a few of the uh, enemies in town. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I'm not sure either. Um, I think you have to get Teddy. So I don't know... What necessarily mm -hmm. triggered? I don't know if it's just the song, um, and like mm -hmm. you said, maybe he has different dialogue, um, or you do have to fight someone beforehand to. to I don't think so because I was I was reading a playthrough, like a guide right before we this. I got on to talk about this, um, and I don't mm -hmm. think it said you have to fight. It suggested that you fight members of the blah blah gang to get a flamethrower. Um, but whoa, a, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know if that's a one-time use item for for Lloyd, um, or if it's like the bottle rockets, or yeah, is it the plasma gun? There's one of the guns I feel like you can just use over and over again. Yeah, well, you can equip certain guns, like yes. the air gun, 
and it's pretty decent. And then others, yeah, you can use um, laser gun, plasma gun. Right. Are the two that I found. I never got a flamethrower. That's rad. Yeah. So, you know, after you fight Teddy, I get your, you. You have to have him join your group, and and Lloyd gets kicked out. Yeah, which I thought was really sad. But at least I get to use the various knives that we've uh, picked up as <laughs> we've been, or swords and knife. I had the butter knife and the sword. Um, yeah. I, well, I'll get into this later, but the amount of items that I carried around that never actually ended up being useful was very mm-hmm. disheartening. Um, it really added a level of difficulty to the game because I had, I did terrible item management, but yeah, so what? We get Teddy, and then I think we try... Oh, that's right. I think his he wants to go up to the mountain because his parents were killed, I believe. Right. So, it's, uh, pretty strong motivation. Um, and at least when I got him in my party, I still was missing a few melodies at this point, so I went back and got those. Okay. Um, I fought the dragon... Using that sword that was right outside of its, um, you know, den. Yeah. Uh, and having Teddy made that way easier, I feel like. Because uh, he's very fast and he's very powerful. Yes. Uh, like, I think he joins at, like, level 15 or something. And he obviously gains some levels pretty quickly. But also, like, even right off the bat, he's just better than everyone else. Yeah. I mean, his and physical he's... attack. He, he doesn't have any PP, so he can't do any side powers. But right. his just natural strength is he was hitting harder um, than Nintendo was in my group. Same. Yep. So he he was. I fought the dragon with Lloyd in my group, mm-hmm. um, and I did manage to beat him on my first try. But it was actually like a pretty difficult fight. Mm-hmm. And I and I there were like times where I thought that I might actually lose, but. Um, and then I, you, I assume that you also went to the cactus. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I did my, you know, magic can't purchases, fought the dragon, and then I found the cactus. I didn't fly the plane to find it. I just basically looked at a map and was like, okay, so there's some cacti over here. It's got to be one of these. Um, but, but I did remember later, there's a person in LA who tells you like, I saw this weird cactus that had a face on it and i ran away screaming you know like i um so there there definitely are places where it like tells you that there's stuff you should do out in the desert um, in case you miss it one thing i i think i realized when i was when i was reading this guide i thought that the um airplane ride that that kind of side quest in the desert was necessary to beat the game um but I think it turns out to be completely optional. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need to go through the monkey cave. There's nothing there that you actually have to do. Yeah. Um, in the tank, you need to fight the, the robot that's blocking the way. I mean, it might be possible to beat the robot without the tank. I don't think so. Uh, I was. I, I read something online, and there was a glitch, maybe in the Japanese version, where... I think if there's a, a battle can't last more than 255 turns. Oh. So there was some way that these 
I don't, people were able to exploit it um, so that they survived for 255 turns and then like the battle ended and they were able to go through. Um, but that seems like a lot of work for very little payoff. Does it mean you keep the tank though? I mean, come on. Well, no, I, 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 no, no, no. This is without the tank. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you don't have to do the side quest. So you can still get to the grotto, uh, without the tank, um, to get a couple PSI stones, whatever. Um, anyway, so, all right. So after we got the six melodies, there's two left, um, you know, we, we get Teddy. We're going to avenge his, his parents' deaths. Uh, what's, what exactly is Anna's? Mo- oh, yeah, her mother's missing. Right, right. And Ninten is just doing it. I don't really know what his motivation is aside from just being the chosen one. Yeah, you know, he's trying to find all the melodies for Queen Mary. Um, that seems important. Uh, but also, yeah, because he's like a hero and saving people. That's kind of what he does. Yeah, just kind of thrust into the role without his choice. Um, but yeah, so we go up Mount Atoy. Yes. And we go into the caverns, which again, it's another maze. Um, we encounter and blue I, Yeah, I, I found the katana pretty quickly. Yeah. And again, that makes this a lot easier. I, that's about as far as I got, though. I was like, okay, this is just a slog, and I don't want to do it. And um, I, I did do the thing where you uh, fly in the rocket from the observatory. Oh, okay. And talk to the, the scientists out there on their island. Um, that was cool. And they give you a hint. If you feed them all strawberry tofu, uh, two of them give you, like, useless items. Mm-hmm. They're, like, their, their words of love and their swear words. Yeah. Um, but then the third tells you that there's a like a very powerful robot hidden in a lake on the mountain. And so you should make sure to, you know, find that. Um, so anyway, from this point, I just watched somebody's playthrough. Uh, <laughs> and that way I could, you know, skip through all the battles. Let's see what happened. Because, yeah, I was I was not about to just, like, play for... Two or three hours grinding and getting lost in the caves and crap like that. Uh, you're you're telling me you didn't uh, after I told you the exploit of if you just pause quickly or you open up the menu you can like walk without actually ever encountering an enemy. I uh, no. Yes. No, I didn't. I mean that's you know the, that was a grind in and of itself. But uh, yeah. okay, so uh, the caverns are super tough. Um, you get, you come out. I think you climb up some ropes. You're you know you're scaling Mount Atoy. Uh, you get to yeah. a house with a healer in it. Uh, you know you by that time you're all battle. You know you need to restore. You know get a good night's sleep, restore your health and PP. Um, there's actually something else that might be involved with a PP here, but uh, so you walk to the bedroom, and Teddy's like, yeah. "I'll leave you two alone." Yeah, he seems to think that there is something that's about to go down, and he doesn't want to be there for it. You know, he wants to go make some calls to just give you some privacy. Uh, And then he does interrupt later, though. So I I found that kind of interesting, like his, um, you know, 
attacked. Then it's also uh, he's also like the engine that like gets the story moving again. Um, so I like that. I mean, he is in your party for a very short time, though. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So you you know you go into the room with Anna. She proclaims her love to you. Um, you dance around a little bit, and then I think Teddy comes in because that there's like a crash. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he comes to say, "Hey, we need to, you know, what was that?" And then you find another one of those giant robots that just kills you in like two turns. Right, right. And I can't tell if it's exactly the same as the desert robot, um, but it also. So again, this is like the moment of a transition in the party, and it's like signaled by this dance. Um, yeah. This one's kind of different, right? Like it's more, it's it's private, it's romantic. Um, there's this uh, sense that you're, you know, you're you're right at the end of the game, basically. Um, and so I think that's why Anna chooses this moment. It's like you know, maybe we won't make it out of this kind of thing. Um, and then Teddy does get injured so badly that he's like recuperating uh, in the in the hospital down at the base of the mountain for the rest of the game. Um, I can't tell if it's because he gets shot by the cannon from a Lloyd coming in with the tank, but yes. Lloyd is the one who comes in and, and rescues you, right? Awesome. He's like, "Oops, I missed," because you're like all like you just teleported. Basically, you're all covered in ash and soot, um, and he recovers you and takes you down to the hospital. Um, yeah. So yes, we got Lloyd back. Teddy's out of commission. Um, Anna and Nintendo, they, you know, their moment has sort of passed. Like, as far as I can tell, there's no, like, other, you know, I think you can choose yes or no when she asks if you love her back. Um, again, I don't know if it makes a difference what you choose there, because there's really no more reference to it uh, in-game. Yeah, I, th I said yes. Sure. But Obviously. I forget... Yeah, I don't know what would happen if you said no, like you said. Um, well, maybe there's like a Final Fantasy VII kind of thing here where you can, you know, Nintendo could be in love with one of the other characters. Who knows? Uh, or with nobody. I'd like to know uh, what choices I'd have to make to go on, like to have Teddy go into the room with me. Right. <laughs> that would be so interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we have to go back to the bottom of Mount Atoy um, with the whole party to get healed for whatever reason. Oh so, my gosh, yes. Yeah, so you gotta go through all the way up with Lloyd so he can level up a little bit. My god, again. Just super, super painful. Um, <laughs> just a complete grind. You, you, you almost feel like Sisyphus. It's like you get up there and it's like, I'm mm. just gonna knock you back down. How many more times is this gonna happen? Uh, so yeah, so what, but with Lloyd in tow, we end up going around, is, I think it's just called like Lake Atoy, whatever, the lake at the top. Um, yeah. There's a boat there, you get in it, uh, you go to the middle, and there's a whirlpool that sucks you down into a pristine laboratory under the water. Right. And there are no enemies there, um, which was a welcome change. And you just walk through, um, and eventually you, you get to this giant robot named Eve. Yeah. And I forget, you know, apparently you're great-grandfather, the one who disappeared 80 years ago and came, you know, with Maria 
and then came back <laughs> two years later without Maria, um, spent all of his time building this underground laboratory, which is nicer than any of the other factories that we the, the, that we saw in the game. So he must have some kind of engineering background. Yeah, it's super interesting, right? It's like, again, the robot is so powerful and yet has been waiting there the whole time for you. Which yeah. says, like, both that great-grandfather, the robot, whatever, knew that you were coming, but also, like, wanted to let you get there on your own, you know, so that you would be strong enough after your, all your travels and, like, have all those experiences. Um, I found that really cool. Uh, and I think... I think you have to do this, right? Again, you're going to come up against a robot that you wouldn't otherwise be able to beat unless maybe by glitching it somehow. Um, and it's just like the tank where Eve is with you only long enough to get to that point and then gets destroyed in the battle uh, against the... It's a it's a pink robot this time with like an XX on it. So it's like the ultimate mother giant robot. Um, well, Versus Eve... Right, and Eve's name is super interesting too. Uh, it's like in all of these JRPGs, like they love to make references to the Garden of Eden um, and like the original um, mother of all humans in in the myth. So, I yeah, she you know sacrifices herself protecting you. It's really cool, uh, and that's the final melody, isn't it, or the the seventh melody? Yeah. So. You know, going back to what you just said, if you do, so I, I guess, how, how did I do it? I managed. Was there a way to get around this? Oh, man. I managed to get to the eighth melody without Eve, without Whoa. picking up Eve first. So the seventh one was actually the last one that I got. Um, so I think you have to have Eve in your party, and when you reach a certain point that's when the the robot um that you have to fight um appears but you have to oh, have so eve in your party interesting okay so i was able to bypass that um which meant that i had to go uh, maybe i could have teleported now that i think about it but that meant i had to go up to like mount a toy one more time oh my god <laughs> third time's the charm yeah but like you said after eve um Seventh melody's there. Uh, you make it a little bit further up the mountain, and you get the eighth, which is a tablet from George, your great grandfather. Um, yeah, to me, this one looks like a tombstone. Right. I mean, it's sort of shaped like that. It has the XX on it, but it's not like a spirally slab. It's it's a it's uh, yeah a gravestone. I thought it is what it looked like. Yeah, and then. Uh, after you do that, you know, you walk up, there's a cave that's blocked by a couple rocks. So um, I forget if the, if the game tells you to, but it's pretty clear after you get the eighth melody that you need to go back to Magic Cant. So you end up using your Onyx hook. Uh, mm -hmm. You go back there. I checked to see with the guitar person. Yeah, right. Because, you know, he's tell. don't forget, don't forget, come back here when you're strong enough. So I'm like level 27. And I go and I talk to him, and he's still, and I have all eight metal melodies, and he's like, "Come back to me when you're when you're strong enough." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Uh, okay. Well, 
in in the playthrough I was watching, the person was strong enough that he told you he has a song, and the song is basically all the eight melody locations. So I guess it's possible to get like high enough level, but not have progressed to where you found all the melodies yet. Yes. And so if you go back to Magic Can and talk to him, he'll he'll basically tell you where any of the melodies you're missing can be found. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking Pretty about cool. this after, you know, I finished playing, but you really don't need to get any melodies to progress the game. Right. Like you can you could I think you could theoretically get to mount a toy without having any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're all stuff that you have to like check. Um you have to kind of go out of your way to check on things and um it's interesting to think about how the game has like all these different ways of measuring your progress, you know, like in terms of your level, in terms of how far you've gone on the map, um in terms of Psy abilities, like you learn Psy abilities not always when you level up, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and yeah, in terms of like the melodies, obviously, uh, it's like totally separate. Um, and I just thought that added an interesting layer or like wrinkle and maybe encourages replaying um, and trying different things. Yeah, it's one of the less, I guess it's not. I'm trying to say like it's it's not a very like linear game, right? You don't have to get the melodies in a specific order. You don't have to there there's I don't think that there's any real triggers in there. I mean, there's barely any bosses in this mm-hmm. game. Um I know you have to fight the dragon to get one of them, one of the melodies. You have to fight the big robot to get another one. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. if there's any other uh, if there's any other well, yeah, melodies. It's, it's... It's interesting that there aren't bosses that block off, um, you know, the piano room, for example. Right. It would almost make the most sense there because there's like that voice that's talking to you and taunting you the whole time. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, one of the bosses is the fish, but that's not to anything meaningful. Like, you don't need to kill the fish to get something down there. Uh, and then the one robot in the desert, that was an optional side quest. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you could almost do a run where you fight no bosses, you know, just like get no melodies, fight no bosses. Yeah, which actually might be kind of fun to do. Um, but yeah, so the guitar person, I get, you know, I think that's actually kind of really, really clever that they basically gave you hints if you were strong enough, right? Like you've explored enough, you've gained enough levels, like here, I'll give you hints on where these melodies are. Yeah. Um, so it kind yeah. of rewards the player for, for exploration. Um, and it, it does give you hints on, on how to progress if you are stuck. So I, at first I was saying like, who the hell would find this cactus in the middle of the desert? But like you said, there's a hint in LA. Um, and then this guy gives you a much better hint. Um, once you reach a high enough level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, which apparently I did not since I was not able to. He did not play his song for me. <laughs> so, uh, but since we have our eighth melody, it's time to go talk to Queen Mary. Uh, yeah, this is very dramatic. Uh, like, I feel like this has been built up in such a, a skillful way throughout the game. Um, because, yeah, she um, basically uh, gives you this, like, task, right, to help her remember the song that she's forgotten. Um, and you can play the whole thing if you have your ocarina with you, right? Uh, it'll play however many mem melodies you've got so far. Um, uh, but it's like somehow I... Um, you know, humming it or singing it to her, she then, like, can sing it along with you. So there's this, again, it's almost like another dance moment here where um, you are just kind of watching the screen for a while. Um, but the music's really good, and uh, it's it's super dramatic, right? What happens when she hears it is she basically remembers everything, right? It's like this kind of trigger that um, unlocks all of the rest of her memories. Um, yeah, it's it's confirmed, right? As we suspected, that Magic Ant is a, a creation of her mind. Um, it's not entirely clear whether that's actually psychic powers at work or some other kind of power, which I think is kind of cool. It's like a little bit ambiguous there. Um, once she remembers everything and tells you about uh, their journey... To the other planet and and meeting Geeg, uh, is how it's spelled in this game. Um, and like you know, he's like a puppy or or whatever. Um, and he just didn't like this song. Um, like it always made him upset or sad or something. Um, I I guess that that sort of trauma or whatever, um, you know, basically like destroys Magicant. Uh, I I don't know. Is this kind of the way you were thinking about or what what did you make of this yeah um yeah it's it's for whatever reason i mean i guess maybe magic can't kind of like purgatory mm, interesting and in that you know uh, it's just her her spirit just hasn't kind of like moved on and she's not at peace and i for whatever reason this melody um is able to trigger anything and i think you know that's a pretty relatable thing I, I there are times when i hear stuff um you know from my childhood and it and it brings me back it, it triggers some kind of memory in me and it makes everything kind of just click into place but i i i know that she says that that geek didn't like the mm -hmm. song, but I'm not sure if that was yeah. a, I, when I was reading kind of like the analysis, I was on like the Earthbound Wiki, it didn't seem like Geek hated the song. Um, it, because like, why would you sing a melody all the time to um, your like adoptive alien son if it made him upset? Right, you right, know? right. By, by, so I think, yeah, it seems like that's a hint to the player more so, right? Like what to do with the song. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's very str it's strange to try to put together. Like, does Geek not like the song 
because it reminds him of Maria and, um, you know, how she's gone. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't quite know how this is all supposed to work exactly. Yeah, so I think now's kind of a good time to discuss uh, what happened with George and Maria. Mm-hmm. So apparently they were abducted by these aliens. Um, whatever race Geeg is. Um, and they basically acted as adoptive parents for, for Geeg. Uh, and then George ends up studying psi powers, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and Geeg's race, it was too much of a threat to Geeg's race. So they, they either kicked George out or, or George escaped, and that's why he came back to the planet um, and started su- studying psi powers. Right. Uh, but, but Mary stayed behind, um, and, there w- and there was a strong bond between uh, Mary or Maria and, and Geek. Um, but one thing I... So, you know, they, they said, oh, he discovered psi powers, um, and it was dangerous to, to Geek's race, so that's why they had to, like, come and hunt him down eventually. Mm-hmm. But Anna has PSI powers. The baby has PSI powers. Um, and Ten has PSI powers. Oh, and by the way, you know, the, Ten is supposed to be their great-grandchild. But nowhere in the story did George and Maria actually have a kid, right? Right. So right. it's a bit like, I guess it's just kind of implied that there's a kid there, but they got abducted when they were like newlyweds. Um, and uh, Mary never came back. Yeah. Yeah, this is what's kind of weird about it. And this is something in Earthbound as well that's sort of makes a little more sense once he played the original game, right? Is that Gigas has Ness's face on him. And so there, there's this weird kind of parallel or mirror between Geeg and Ninten, or Ninten's parents, I guess, uh, and, and the way that that adopted child and the actual family, child, bloodline, whatever, right, are like mirror images of each other. Um, there's something weird going on uh, where... The aliens have come and abducted parents, and the original great-grandparents went and essentially abducted an alien, a a baby. Um, And that baby (laughs) and Ninten are in some way, like, you know, related uh, or similar to each other. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know quite how to untangle that, but, like, thematically, it's very cool, I think, that that's all set up here yeah the, yeah yes yeah, so... i don't know how to answer your question about psi powers though like they do seem to be a thing that has spread once george brought them back um and maybe you know it's like a genetic material right it's like it's some kind of uh, you know with all the xx's symbols everywhere it's like a thing that comes to the planet and and then propagates um 
I, I don't know. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, I don't think that there's a satisfactory answer um, on the wiki either. It just says study mm -hmm. psi, but it doesn't talk about like, oh, well, other people have it. Um, but you're right, maybe it just propagates um, whatever. Uh, so after you sing the eight melodies, uh, Magic Hat Magic Hat disappears. Um, yeah. Queen Mary's at peace. Uh, she gives you that hint that Geeg doesn't like the song. Um, and you're transported back to, I don't know if you're transported, but you end up on the top of Mount Itoi, and the three stones that were previously blocking the cave are now gone. Uh, yes. So you go in there, you go explore, you find the parents that are in these weird pods. Um, you know, so, so, so they have been abducted. You, you do see evidence of that. Um, and then you go and fight Geek, <laughs> which... Yeah, that battles something. It's... Oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's super creepy, right? It's like very eerie um, seeing the mothership rise up and then Geek attacks you. Um, Geek's form is a kind of like, uh, you know, pod person as well, but obviously like not really humanoid. Uh, also not very puppy-like, so I don't know what Maria Mary was talking about. Um, but maybe he's just grown in the last hundred years or so. Um, his attacks are incomprehensible, right? Yes. And they just like, sort of deal damage to you. Um, it seems to take off like about, you know, a third to a half of your HP each time. So it's pretty scary. You really need to have like some healing abilities or items to survive. And, and he just talks throughout the battle. Yes. Right? There's just like text that rolls along um, in that in that box where normally attacks are are explained. So it's this battle of like mental powers and and stories basically like his side of the story versus your side of the story. And um yeah, all you need to do is basically survive long enough for him to say his piece and then your sing ability that has shown up um in your, you know, battle commands, you you have to use that like a bunch of times. Is it, I, I I lost count. Is it 8 times or maybe even more? Okay. Uh, but there, there were some interesting things uh, that Geek says. So one of them, um, I think, I don't know if it's intentional uh, connection to, to Earthbound or, you know, if this was kind of the point, but he says you have like the power of an insect. Yeah. Um, and so I immediately was thinking of Buzz Buzz. Oh, cool. Because I, th I think I... Buzz Buzz, I think in the Japanese version, it, they just refer to him as an insect. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, and then he also mentions, hey, like Nintendo, uh, I really appreciate what your great -grand grandparents did for me. So if you want to come on the ship, like we can, but uh, we're going right. to kill all the other ugly people on the earth. So right. it's, um, it's clear that... What did they do for him? They showed him love, right? I mean, that's isn't that what they did? Well, they were like their ado his adoptive like parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so clearly he does have... This is in complete contrast to Gygus in Earthbound, mm -hmm. where he just has just the embodiment of evil, right? Um, right. No emotion. Certainly doesn't seem like he has any capacity to... To, to love or reason or have any kind of connection with any of the humans. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
another interesting thing is like that pod that he's in, right? Uh, and it kind of, it's weird. It, it looks like it's some kind of healing pod. There's like metal things coming in and out of his back. But that's also very similar to the um, the, the Gygus that fight the eye. You know, you were just saying how like the reflection mm -hmm. back. Um, it mm -hmm. kind of has like a very similar look to that um, as well. So again, I think that's just probably like another connection between Geek and, and Gygus, which I know that they're the same person, but the end boss, kind of the aesthetics. Well, yeah, the the way that the thing is described in Earthbound is like the devil's machine, yeah. right? It's like this container that's holding back Gigas's, you know, true nature or true power or something. But when he comes, when he breaks out of it, he doesn't look like a geek. You know, he isn't formed at all like that. He's he's sort of this amorphous like. Well, in that game, there's like the background animations in battle. He looks like that, right? Um, but with like, faces and ghostly kind of, you know, tormented mouths and stuff floating around. It's it's really creepy, and I think both battles are really effective in their own ways. But um, I think you can really see and appreciate better, like. Yeah, from beginning to end, how Earthbound just like builds on, adapts, modifies uh, all of these ideas that are kind of there. I love that reference to the insect thing. Like, yeah, so that Buzz Buzz kind of like um, makes that manifest <laughs> in some way. Right. Um, comes back with, again, like stolen information basically to, to get you going on your, your quest. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I think. In general, I think this, this there are a lot of holes in this story. Um, yeah, and a lot of it really doesn't make. It. I I have a lot of questions. For but, sure, but I think overall it's a pretty good. It, it was a good story. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought. I think it was a good um, Nintendo game for sure. Well, yeah, and the ending is very cool. Insofar as it sets up a sequel, right? Like he directly says, "Like I'm gonna get you one day. Like we'll meet again." And well, it's not entirely clear, like what if any connection Nintendo has to NES. But they're they're in some way like reimaginings of the same basic idea, though. And so, as the player, you know, you definitely do meet um, this idea again, or this you know this story again in another form. Um, and for us, we're 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 time traveling backwards, right? We're playing. We get Earthbound at his mother too, and then much later, we get to play the original. Um, so we just sort of experience it in a in a different way. We, yeah, um, we can sort of fill in those holes in a very different way than people originally would have. I think. So. Yeah, and I, I, I think it certainly makes the beginning screen on Earthbound, the war against Gygus. Mm -hmm. A lot. I don't know what it says in the Japanese version, but if it said, you know, the war against Geek, it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you beat, you know... Because, again, Geek isn't mentioned until the very end of the game. Like, by right. name. I don't think until you talk to, to Queen Mary do you actually know uh, the name of the antagonist. Right. So, right. even if you played... If if you played Earthbound Beginnings, you know before you played Earthbound, but you never beat it, you still you wouldn't know who who Gygus was. Right. Um, which apparent like I think 
Star Tropics did a did a similar thing where like they never mentioned who the antagonist you didn't know who the antagonist was in, in Star Tropics until like the end of the game and then the second game was called like you know Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is I think a really similar thing that happens in in different ways in a lot of Final Fantasies at least. There's this like, you know, ostensible enemy and then there's like the force of evil behind that enemy and it almost seems like something similar is going on here where like geek uh, was just a person you know or you know an alien um but then the loss of mary the maybe the betrayal or whatever it is of, of george sort of like causes him to to become this malignant force um it's coming after humans and trying to do to them what you know was done to him and his people or, or something like that. Yeah. And another interesting thing to me is this whole game is basically a direct result of your great grandfather doing something. Yeah. I I can't think of like I don't think in many other games does an ant like your direct ancestor is like completely responsible for everything that's happening in this game. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's just kind of weird. Um, well, so the Dragon Quest games set you up as the descendant of a very famous hero, right? Right. Um, the same the same idea is there, but yeah, not this is almost like turning it on its head. Well, where your grandfather, your great grandfather, you know, did some shady stuff, um, <laughs> unleashed this force on the world yeah um oh man i was gonna say something else i can i, I forgot well, whatever well there's the well there's the whole ending sequence that we get then too right yes um we see uh you know basically like still shots of um various uh like saying goodbye to all the different party members right so teddy's gonna like sing and play music um <laughs> Anna is going to hang out at her chateau or chalet or whatever you call it uh, out in the snowy wastes. Um, oh, she sees her mom, right? So they're reunited and that's, that's nice. Um, Lloyd is being like tossed up in the air, like a hero uh, at the elementary school by like the kids who used to bully him. Now they like love him, which is really nice. Uh, and then Ninten, you know, comes home to his mom and, um, you know, it's just going to, take a nap basically uh and then has this kind of weird you know dream sequence where the credits play yeah. um and all the different characters like again sort of come to take a bow uh, it's includes the player uh at the very end of the credits right whatever name you put in uh gets cited there which is way cool yeah and then there's this mysterious like final image of what appears to be your dad talking on the phone to you and saying how, you know, something else has come up. Right. Yeah, right. It's weird. In this giant, in this giant trench coat um, that doesn't look like any NPC in the game. Right. Um, yeah. I, just a ginormous human being. Uh, reminds me of, well, you wouldn't know, but David Baker, he was the guy like for the Hall of Fame football who would like call the people or like let people know that they got into the NFL hall of fame. And the dude was like six, nine, like 300 pounds. The dude was a monster. Um, 
Oh, well, one thing. Apparently, in the Japanese version, the implication was that Teddy died. Uh, there was no oh. credits after the game, like like you saw all the stills. I think it just ended. Oh um, wow! But uh, for I think in Mother in the Mother One and Two, you know the re the re release, they made it so that Teddy survives. Um, interesting. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting in the sense well one thing i want to mention is it prometheus was the one who gave humans fire yeah yeah so i was thinking i was kind of seeing like some parallels between that and uh yeah george obviously um if we want to say that whatever geeks races it kind of like gods you know again stealing stuff and giving it now um yeah yeah not having his liver eaten every day but still, like being punished for giving um, forbidden knowledge or, or, or knowledge that could be dangerous to geeks, race. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's the game's really, oh man, this ending. Like, I, I don't even know. It, it's just so bizarre. There's just so well, yeah. What do you? What do you take that... Was that last screen shown in the original version, or is that also added in? Oh, what, the, um, with the dad? With the dad, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I could, I'll check that after we get off here. Um, I, th I think it is. But I feel like... Like... I don't know. I guess it's kind of... Is it, would it be called? Would it be a MacGuffin? Like this, like forbidden PSI power that no one knows about. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any theories on what that could be? Because again, it, it seems like I, I guess I'm assuming that humans in this in this world had PSI power um, before George was abducted. Mm. But I guess if you no. don't think that. No, no, yeah, no. I think that's kind of the cru crucial question is like, what is it about George and Maria, right, that's different from all the other people that get abducted? Do they already have some like small amount of psi power that allows them to, you know, escape? Um, or is it that they form this relationship and this bond with Geeg, uh, like a baby alien, um, and that that, you know, and somehow like unlocks psi powers and allows them to bring psi powers back to uh to the earth um is there some kind of weird like exchange that takes place where you know george is able to get back because he abandons maria and like that's why geek hates humans uh there's a lot of sort of room to to see this playing out in different ways would be really interesting to know more about like what if any like authorial version there is like i'm sure there's like novelizations and stuff that that flesh this out a bit more um i don't know if any of those are like canon or whatever but it's certainly interesting to think about um my yeah. my thought yeah. and, is that it's time travel there's definitely that too yeah yeah cuz the melodies are scattered it seems like they're scattered 
only when Magicant disappears? Or unless well, that's like narration explaining what happened in the past? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the, there's also, you know, the, the move that you have, the fourth D slip. Mm hmm. So, you know, fourth dimension, the fourth dimension is time. And so, like, that's how you're able to get away from your enemies. Sure. Telepathy, teleportation, and time travel all sort of seem to be. They seem to sort of make it pretty squishy about, like, what's the limit of psi power. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then. Yeah, so then, and then obviously in Earthbound, um, you have to travel back in time, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And you cannot be in your physical form, I believe, mm -hmm. because, like, your mind, your body just, like, can't take it. Right? Yeah. What, what, what was the reason for having to be put into the robots? It's, it's something like that. And, but it's odd because, you know, Pokey evidently is able to go there in his body, although encased in a robot, sort of, right? Like the spider pokey. Um, he evidently survives also because he like leaves you a letter when you get back. Um, and I think that Mother 3 kind of explains that a little bit, although I don't remember that well what goes on in Mother 3. But I'm pretty sure that Pokey is back that time. Um, yeah, yeah. And Buzz Buzz the same way, right? Like has to be in the body of this like little beetle and not in his own body to travel back in time and talk to you. Right. And if, if Gygus or, or Geeg is time traveling enough, you know, eventually maybe mm -hmm. it does like oh, yeah. remove his soul kind of, if, if he's doing it in a physical form. And it's also kind of, kind of reminds me of the movie Terminator, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, was, <laughs> trying to, I was trying to think like, I feel like all of Geeg's and Gygus's minions are machines. It certainly looks that way. There's the brain in the vat, which I think is a really cool one. Cerebrum or whatever it's called that <laughs> has like super high defense. Right. Um, and is super annoying. Um, yeah. Uh, the star men are obviously robotic. The gargoyles and stuff like sort of distorted, you know, monsters. Not a, not particularly technological, but well, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I guess the gargoyles. I was thinking most of them, you know, the ones that are just like hippies, you know, and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's just Gygus has that kind of effect um, mm -hmm. on humanity. So uh, the animals that are attacking you, that kind of stuff. But Gygus's army itself, I think, in my mind, I think a lot of them are mechanical. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so to me, I think, uh, in, in my head, it's all about time travel. I also just love time travel. For sure. Yeah, and but again, it's not like explained, so it's 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 pretty. I don't know, open ended. Yeah, yeah, I, and then I guess if we're gonna talk about Earthbound, um, the whole reason why, the whole reason that that game starts is because Gygus gets like a, a a premonition that Ness is gonna kill him or something, and, and so he goes back yes. in time to try to stop him from doing that, right? That's right, that's right. So that throws off the entire chronology. Right. Like, it's very unclear whether the events of Mother happen after or before or in the same universe at all as the events of, of Mother 2 of Earthbound. Yeah. Well, and then we have, we have like one of those interesting like self-fulfilling prophecies where it's like, yeah. oh, well, 
if Gygus didn't try to do this, would Ness still be the one, you know, would he be strong <laughs> enough if he, if he didn't go through these trials and tribulations, would he have been stronger later on? Um, yeah. Also kind of reminds me again of Terminator. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're, you're trying to go back to kill Sarah Connor, uh, before she can give birth to, to Kyle or is it, is it Kyle? No, I forget who the kid's name is. Um, but anyway, yeah, those kinds of just like time loops. I also thought of like yeah. Voldemort a bit, although I don't think his was a time loop, but it's, oh, I have to stop the prophesized one, but then by doing so, he makes him stronger. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If that yeah. had eight Horcruxes, then I would probably say it was a complete ripoff of, uh, <laughs> of Earthbound. It's, it's close enough. I mean, again, these are sort of like you keep bringing up like myths, and I think it's really on target, right? Like Sisyphus and the Prometheus myth, and then this sort of story about, um, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies and like resisting fate is is very much like a mythological idea. Well, the thing Oedipus, that gives right? the, the that's the Oedipus story, yeah. Um, the thing that With gives Gigas the message uh, is called the Apple of Enlightenment. Yeah. So again, like this Apple and Eve kind of thing going on so it's like i think all the storytellers sort of go to this well right of like images and and ideas and then just sort of like recombine them in in different ways um so yeah i i don't know that there's necessarily like holes in this so much as there are just like things that are not totally <laughs> uh like fixed right. they're, they're sort of like squishy yeah yeah and I don't know. Yeah, I'd be wary of I'd be wary of trying to like pin down too much about it because I think that's part of the the fun of it and the looseness of it is like okay, we could probably like do this again. So let's let's make sure there's, you know, room for sequels here. <laughs> um no, I, I completely. And I've never played um Mother 3. So I don't know how much time travel could even factor in. I don't know if any of my theories are uh, like completely debunked by stuff that happens in that game. But it's just, as I'm playing this game, that's kind of what I think of uh, yeah. more. But, you know, anyway, I, I think I don't think there's anything else really to discuss about this game. Or at least I, I don't have anything I, I want to talk about. No, I, I think that the the name Mount Itoi is kind of interesting. Um, and the ways that Itoi sort of like appears in the games are, are, are fun. Um, and the ways that the dad doesn't appear in the games, right, up until the very, very end here. Um, there's something really, I think, really cool about that. Like, the whole game is sort of about, like, absent parents, Right yes. and and what it does to kids and how you know kids need to like band together and and rescue their parents in some strange way, um, and Itoi is on record saying like part of his inspiration for the Mister Saturns, at least is like his daughter's handwriting. Yes. Um, and so, I think something is going on here where like, you know, it takes a lot of work and time to create a game, right? Yes. And and that's a sort of a sacrifice that you make as a creator, you like take that away from your time with other people. Um, and it's really interesting to me that, you know, the message of the game is directly about like the sacrifices that went into making the game. It's, it's about that, um, that family time. Uh, and it's also a social critique. Like we've been saying all along of like 
the kind of work and the kind of um, industry and, and industrialization that's mostly associated with the U.S., but also, of course, like spreads everywhere pretty much after the, the World Wars. Um, and the, the whole like the iconography, like the way that the guy looks at the end, he's a huge guy, but he's also like carrying this briefcase. You know, he's he's a he's a working guy. Um, and and that's, you know, that's that's a a, a recognizable figure in both U.S. and Japanese culture. Um, so I think, yeah, the ways that Itoi inserts himself in the game are, are, are super cool. Uh, and, well, yeah, it's, it's, I think it would be cool if we do get around to playing Mother 3 sometime soon, while this is still kind of fresh, to see how that does and does not um, pay off in the, to this point, at least the, the last game in the series. Yes, and I just thought of two things I'd like to, to mention. Okay. One, I think Teddy's short jaunt with us uh, was interesting because, you know, he's, compared to Lloyd, he's like pure strength, right? Like brute strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ends up getting injured, um, and then Lloyd comes back, and it's not brute force that ends up saving the day. It's like singing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think that's, you know, valuing stuff other than just like brute strength. Um, there's going to be other things that need to get you through it. Um, yeah. And then I guess like the Lake and Mount, a toy. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it's like a King Arthur type deal or. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, it's kind of like the lady in the lake kind of interesting thing. So I guess that's another thing to discuss. But. That's cool. But yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to play Mother Three. Uh, I don't know if you're going to if you're up for another playthrough. For sure. What? Where is it accessible at this point? Is it on Switch? No, it is not. And this is okay. Still a, a bone of contention. Okay, got it, got it. We'll have to be playing the fan translation then. Yes. Which that's fine by me. Do you do you have one of those? Yeah. Uh, Did I put it on I, your on, on your uh, 2ds? I think it is on there actually. Yeah, I was just about to look. I know I have it on mine. That's so cool. And I have that book by the uh, who made the fan translation. He's like a really interesting programmer slash writer yeah mother three's on here yeah awesome so that's how i'll be playing it perfect all right well uh yeah maybe see if we can continue this but i think that's that's it for now nice all right right, thanks again yep until next time